How are we doing today, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Competing for Christ podcast. My name is Ken Burke, and today I have someone who has been such a great mentor in my college life. He is my boss, my coach, and also my friend, Covenant College assistant baseball coach, Paul Phillips. How are you doing today, Coach Phillips? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on, Ken. I am honored to be here, to be your coach. Appreciate the the kind words that you had to say about me. It's been a joy coaching you and seeing you develop over these past three plus years. And I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast episode so far. So honored to to be a guest here. You've had some some big names. Uh, Brian Smith, Dr. Tim Sedgel, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just I am and am flattered that you would ask me. I think uh, you'll you'll receive a a big drop in the ratings after the episode <laughs> airs, but uh, honored to be here nonetheless. I am I am thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. It's such a it's such a pleasure to have you on. I know it's going to be such a great and beneficial thing for whoever listens to this. I was going to actually introduce you as Paul, but I didn't feel like that'd be appropriate right now, considering you're still my boss and coach. So, coach it is. Uh, <laughs> so, thanks. Thanks again for coming on. First question I got for you. Can you give a little bit of background about your playing career, your post-grad jobs, and obviously now your coaching career? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd be remiss if I didn't say I was from Texas, born and raised, and played baseball, football year-round in high school, and then came out to Covenant to play baseball here played here for four years with part of some really good teams, had some great teammates. And then after college, I I graduated in in 2014. I immediately went up to Anchorage, Alaska, where I had the glorious job of being a valet driver for a hotel where my now wife, then fiance, was working. Did that for about six months. Once that uh, summer season ended, uh, I got a job as a recruiter for a staffing agency, which I would find out later would serve me very well uh, later on down the road. From there, uh, we we loved Alaska, but there's no college baseball up there. and, And I got the opportunity to go be a player coach for a small club in Füssen, Germany. I'm sorry for any Germans out there that are listening to this. I'm probably butchering that pronunciation. <laughs> um, was there for six months and then went to Singapore. I uh, got a full-time job to go be a, a coach at a travel baseball academy in Singapore, in Southeast Asia, and did that for a year before coming back to the States where I was extremely blessed to uh, get this opportunity to come here and coach at Covenant. And I've been here for the past five years, going on season number six, uh, just loving every second of it. You've had, obviously, a lot of different jobs and a lot of different places, too. First of all, I wanted to ask you, how would you end up in Alaska? So 
I had to, I had to make sure that I closed the deal. You know, I met my wife here at Covenant and, uh, we got engaged. She, she graduated a year before I did, you know, I way out kicked my coverage and, uh, she, we did the, the long distance for a year. And then as soon as I graduated, I did not have anything lined up that was more appealing than going up there and, and, uh, being in the same city as my fiance. So that's, that's what got me up to Alaska. Wow. I'm really jealous because I've always wanted to go to Alaska, but it's, it seems really cold. <laughs> it just does not seem for me coming from Florida. The summers are really mild. And, you know, I, I thought the same a little bit being from Texas, but uh, there's a, I quickly learned there's a Alaskan proverb. I believe it originates in Sweden, which is um, there is no such thing as bad weathers, only bad clothes. So you just got to be prepared. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So get into our discussion a little bit as a former college athlete, one that actually won a conference championship while playing, need I add, how has it been coaching here at Allen Water? I love it. It has been uh, a lot of fun. You know, of course, every job has its challenges, but I can't imagine a better place to coach than Covenant. And that's why that's why I'm, I'm still here. And, you know, year six, I haven't really even looked at too many other opportunities because I just know that Covenant is such a unique institution where else am I going to be able to work with uh, elite athletes and athletes who also proclaim to love Jesus and uh, be at a place where not only am I encouraged to disciple my athletes and point them to Jesus, but I'm expected to. Because I, I just firmly believe that as a Christian coach, uh, if I'm not pointing my athletes to Christ, then I'm I'm failing them ultimately because that relationship with your creator, with your savior, is really going to determine how the rest of your life goes and may even determine how you feel from a day-to-day -day basis. And that is critical to your performance, obviously, but it goes way beyond what we get out of uh, our sports and you know i want to coach all of my players to become better men and better followers of christ yeah i can see that in your coaching i mean that's one of the main reasons i went to covenant college is because it's expected to share the gospel and live out the gospel and everything that you do sports included and oftentimes in this podcast i feel like i'm just it's just a ongoing ad for covenant college because i kind of i speak kind of highly of the college but it's true once you find a good spot like covenant college it's so it's so beneficial for your walk with christ and it's so beneficial with your whole life really because it will it will show you how to mold christ in everything that you do sports education your jobs and it's it's great it's a great experience for sure yeah, absolutely. And I've I've actually, you know, I've sent this podcast out to uh, other recruits because I think it's awesome to have someone who is currently in the program 
and knows the ins and the outs and um, loves Covenant so much and sees the, the value of it and has benefited from the value of it. But at the same time, too, you know, I tell I tell every recruit and uh, every student athlete that I talk to, it's, it's all about going to the school. It's the right fit for you. And I think you're right. I think it, it's critical as a Christian uh, and as, a, as an athlete to be surrounded by people who are going to make you better, right? People who are going to point you closer to Jesus. Ultimately, that's what we need as Christians. And, you know, we tell every recruit, you know, you can come here at Covenant, you can come here to Covenant and not grow in your faith. And you can go to, you know, University of Oklahoma and grow in your faith. We can't guarantee the Holy Spirit, but we're just Mm -hmm. trying to create that best environment for that growth. I think it's important, too, that, you know, uh, if you are a Christian, it's not like you have to come to Covenant there's there's a spot for you and god's prepared a a place for you somewhere where you can develop and grow in your faith but i think it's important to find out wherever you are and i I learned this traveling around the world after i graduated from here you know it's really important to find those nooks where you can get that christian fellowship because when we didn't have that uh, it was really tough but when we were in places where we had at least, you know, one or two good Christian friends, that is when we had a lot of growth together. And, and how much more being at Covenant when you're surrounded by people who they're all pursuing the same thing, you know, and so they're all going to help you grow in your faith at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. And going back to what you're saying, I, I've talked about this a little bit. You can go anywhere in the world and you can grow with Christ. You don't have to go to covenant to grow. I've known people that have gone to covenant and they haven't grown at all and then then transfer away. And maybe, maybe they take that step after they realize that they're in a spot now where they can take that step with Christ and grow and, and have a relationship with him. And like you were saying, you can go to Oh, you, you can go to university of Texas even, and you, you can, you can grow so much spiritually. You don't, not everybody is created the same, but getting into what we're going to talk about today, uh, we're going to be talking about how Christian athletes should look at the coaches they have right now. Um, maybe somebody listening has a coach that they, they don't really agree with. Maybe they aren't playing them because they think that the coach doesn't like them. I hope that our conversation will help athletes and show them that most coaches have the team's best interest in mind. Uh, and most importantly, they're, they are image bearers that God calls us to love no matter what they do to us. So with that conversation, I hope that somebody can get something out of this and learn from a coach's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that coach-athlete relationship is a really – special one and one that can be a lot uh there can be a lot of tension in that relationship because uh, both are trying to succeed excel and both have a lot of pressure on them and in different ways and so it can be it can be tricky navigating that even in a christian to christian context you know like you and me we 
we there's still going to be conflict and tension mm-hmm. between uh, the coach and player, and and that's okay. But I think it's all about how you navigate that conflict, both as a coach and as a player, that really will determine your success, not just at the relational level, but even at the macro, at the team level. Mm-hmm. It's so important too just to just to know that the coaches that we have aren't they aren't perfect at all in any sense i think we as athletes kind of assume they need to be perfect and they need to put they need to know who to put on the field at all times and i gotta be honest like coaches are just imperfect as players are like everybody is made everybody is a center and how can you expect one center to lead another center in a perfect way that is literally impossible and throughout history that has failed over and over and over again so on that microcosm level it's going to it's destined to fail sometimes that's a really good word and i think that it's really important as coaches to to know that your your players are going to see that they're going to see you make mistakes and that's okay Uh, i think the key component of it is how do how do you respond how do you model your behavior after you make a mistake do you blame others do you point the finger at your players or do you take the ownership yourself and find ways to get better because mm-hmm. i've seen i've seen coaches do you know everything and anything and I think what it when it really matters and when it really has the biggest impact is when the player or I'm sorry when the coach takes the responsibility for his mistake or even the team's failures that's where that that unifies a team and and also shows the the positive traits that we want in a leader and and like you said every coach is going to fail ultimately every leader that we put on the pedestal is going to fail and and you know, that in a way even points us to Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Who was your favorite coach growing up and how, how much influence did they have in you becoming a coach? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I, I really had some great coaches growing up and I think that they all played a level of me getting into coaching. Uh, you know, I never had a, a bad experience really and it always hurts me when I, I hear people say that they had a bad experience with a coach. But I would say that the two biggest influences in my life uh, were our, our football coach. He was our athletic director at, at Regents School of Austin. Go Knights. He, he, was a, he was a really influential man, really enthusiastic and, and pushed us hard, but uh, really loved us and discipled us. Uh, and, and he had a lot of success too. Every player that has played for him for four years has a state ring, uh, which is really remarkable. It's like the Nick wow. Saban of uh, high school football. And, <laughs> and then, and then, really, the biggest influence in my life uh, for coaching was was my dad, and uh, just the way that he pushed me. And he really only coached me in little league, but he was always my my coach off the field and, you know, he was my dad and mm-hmm. pushed me to be the best that I could on and off the field. And, 
and I, I think I have his same uh, tenacity, maybe not quite to the same level that, that he did, and, <laughs> and that same fire, and, and I'm really thankful uh, for that. Yeah, that's awesome. I know I'm I'm definitely jealous that he really didn't have a bad experience with coaches because I know so many athletes have have talked to me and I, you know, I've had my share of experiences too that have had coaches that maybe they don't agree with or maybe they're just like there wasn't a good relationship there. I know the one important thing is to just always always remember the the good coaches that you have and remember the similarities that they had, like their leadership styles and their love for the game and their love for Christ. That was my favorite coaches. That's who I, that's what I saw in their leadership styles. It was just a continuous love for the game and love for Christ and the love for their players. Obviously it reflects in yours. And that's because of all the coaches you had in the past that have molded you and guided you into, in the coach that you are today. But Another question I have is what's one thing that you think every athlete or every coach should do when leading a team? You got to invest in your players. You know, you, you have to sacrifice your own time and an effort to just invest in every guy and make sure that they all feel like part of something bigger than just themselves. And uh, and they feel part of something. I mean, that's why I love, you know, we started to break down our, our huddles the past few years to uh, family. And I think that's really important to get that investment in every single guy. And mm. I think that's on the flip side. I know that's, that's one of the other questions that you wanted to talk about was just the, one of the biggest mistakes I see coaches make is when they're, they don't, make that investment in in their players and that leads to a lot of fear and doubt because you don't know where you stand with that coach because you just you don't you don't have that same relationship when there's a void in, in communication you know negativity is going to fill that gap all mm -hmm. the time and so as a coach, you have to take special care to really speak positively into the player's life any chance you get. And, and that comes from having a good relationship. It can't, it can't be fluff, obviously, but, it, but you've got to be able to frame that perspective through your conversations and, and even your, you know, your criticism, it's, it's all to help them get better because you know that they can be better than, than what they are. Yeah. Thank you for answering that question already. I was going to ask you that next. What, what was one mistake that you see coaches or even yourself make nowadays? That's great. And I, I think building off that one mistake that some coaches make nowadays are, are treating every player the same. Hmm. Whether you're teaching someone how to hit or how to make a layup or maybe even just getting to know a player, no one is going to be the same. Even if even if we aren't a coach, you know that you can't treat everyone the same in life. I mean, from a biblical standpoint, Christ didn't treat everybody the same. Even though he showed everybody the love and the the mercy and the grace that Christ had for us, I think 
he treated everyone differently in that time period and he knew how to treat everybody specifically to to grow them closer to him and from a coach's perspective i think maybe they can just like see a player perform really well and maybe they can ask the rest they'll ask the rest of the team like oh this guy can do this really well. Why can't the rest of you do that? You know what I mean? And from an athlete standpoint, that can be really demoralizing because obviously we aren't made the same. No one's made the same. I don't really have a specific instance in mind, but that's just so wrong because you can't treat everybody the same and expect the, the team to prosper and to be successful. You have to, like you were saying, mold each player and have a relationship with each individual player, not just the whole team. You have to take time out of, out of your schedule as a coach and make sure all of the players are doing well and being successful in their lives. Absolutely. And I think, you know, getting back to your point about Jesus, like, yeah, he, he treated everyone with dignity and he did, he treated everyone in, response to their relationship with god Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a family like we said earlier as far as the coach to player relationship you know i've got uh, two little boys and you know i treat them both as sons and they get all the special privileges of being in my family that come you know that come with just being a son, but at the same time, I'm going to talk to my almost four-year-old different than I'm going to talk to my, you know, two-year-old or, or my wife, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's all about knowing that relationship and being able to, yeah, just just have have that relationship and point each one closer to the not even the image that that you want them to be, but the creation that God has prepared and advanced for them to be that we don't even realize as coaches. That's so true. And the next question I have kind of kind of builds off that. Say when a coach makes a mistake or something like that, and maybe a, a player doesn't really like that coach anymore. For somebody listening to this as an athlete that may have a coach that they don't like or don't agree with, what what advice do you have for them from a coach standpoint? My advice is pretty simple, and that is to just listen to them, uh, which might sound a little bit surprising, but <laughs> I think it is we are too often in this culture just completely shutting off people who say things contrary to what we believe or mm-hmm. how we feel about things for all sorts of reasons. And sometimes, you know, there gets to a point where, yeah, you, you can't listen to someone uh, who is just, you know, spouting lies, but you, especially in that coach player relationship, getting back to what you said earlier, the coach has a vested interest in each player. You know, we we say here at Covenant, like we play favorites. We favor the people that were that are gonna win us the game. That varies from week to week, uh, situation to situation, you know, matchup to matchup. And 
we're, we're all, we're all trying to win. Right. Mm -hmm. And a coach isn't going to not play someone just because he doesn't like them, but maybe there's tension in that relationship or maybe there's something that that player doesn't see that uh, is keeping him out of the lineup or makes him feel like he doesn't have a good relationship with the coach. But I think that if, if the player goes to the coach and asks him, Hey, why, why is this not happening? Why, why am I not playing? Or, or what can I, what can I do better to, you know, put myself in a better situation to, to help the team win or, or to get more playing time. You know, I think every coach, even, even if there, obviously there's going to be players that rub you the wrong way or, or, you know, you just don't see, you don't relate to them on quite the same level as another guy. Typically that, that has nothing to do with talent and, and performance in my opinion. And so I think any coach who gets that question from a player is going to be, you know, really impressed with that and want to speak truthfully and lovingly to that player to, to help them get to where they need to be. And, and that can be tough, especially if you and your coach don't see eye to eye on the same things to humble yourself and, and ask someone who maybe just you, you, their style doesn't line up with your style. That doesn't mean that there's nothing that that coach has to say uh, that's not going to help you, you know? So if, if you go and you're willing to listen to that coach, you can definitely get something whether if at the end of the day, it might just be like, okay, you know, that's what he said, but I still disagree with him. And I'm just now that much stronger in my conviction that this is what I believe. But I think more times than not, there's going to be at least a nugget in there that is going to help the player grow and, and get better. Yeah, you, you are spot on with that. Going back to what you were saying, it's it's so easy today to just blame people, and if they don't, if you don't agree with something they said, to just oh, I don't like that guy because he doesn't he doesn't share the same viewpoint as I do. That is not what Christ did on this earth. That is not at all what he did. Even if even if they are atheists, like Christ, Christ still loved them, and he saw God in them because they are all image bearers. From a from an athlete to coach standpoint, I know I've had several coaches that, to be honest, made me hate the game I grew up loving, and it can be so frustrating for someone that maybe you don't see eye to eye with. But like you were saying, you have to be willing to humble yourself, and you have to be able to listen to the coach because more often than not, they have more experience than you do, and they've been in your shoes, and they can give you some good advice. Even if you don't agree with it at the time, maybe you can take, like you said, a nugget out of there and just work harder and grow from that. But just to all the listeners out there, take it from me, from someone who's been in that position, I've had parents, coaches, teammates, even when you, even when you get discouraged, remember why you started playing. Remember how fun the game is, no matter if you play baseball, football, basketball, whatever sport you play. Remember that God promises life outside of sports. Just because 
maybe you quit the game that you love because you didn't like it anymore. Or maybe you had a coach that actually made you quit. Don't be angry or mad or depressed about that. That that should teach you in life what you need to that should teach you a lesson and it should grow you as a person. So last question I have for you, has God shown you what's next for your coaching career? I know this is kind of scary because I'm a, I'm an athlete under you, but, <laughs> but I just wanted to ask. Yeah, no, uh, I saw that question. I was like, what, what's he getting at here? Um, <laughs> but it, I've, I've actually thought about that and something that I think about all the time and I'll, I'll be perfectly candid with you. Uh, it seems like every off season, every summer, and every Christmas break, it just really wears on me being a coach. People don't understand how much time is spent off the field preparing or recruiting, and you know we have we have other roles that we do here at Covenant and. Mm -hmm. You know, all of that piled on together and, you know, I travel for recruiting. I'm, I'm away from my family a lot. I often am like, man, I'm, I'm so done with being a coach. And then uh, the players get back and immediately I'm rejuvenated and refreshed just remembering like this is, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is what God has called me to do. You know, my, my dream job is to be the head coach here at Covenant. That's, that's what I'm working towards. Uh, I've got a, a long ways to go, uh, <laughs> both in, in knowledge and experience. And, you know, I'm very thankful for uh, Doug Simons, our, our head coach, and everything that he's done. And I'm excited that I, can, I get to continue learning from him. And, you know, he could have, he could be here for another, you know, 15 years. And I think Covenant would be better off for that. All I know is that I'm, I'm not promised tomorrow and uh, I've got today to live with, you know, our, our mm -hmm. life is like the morning mist, as it says in, in James four. And so I have no idea what God has in store for me you know, next year or, or years down the road or, or heck, even tomorrow. And so I'm just trying to be good with uh, where I'm at and, and be good where my feet are. And, and one thing that I've, I've, I've definitely struggled with a lot uh, this summer with just how busy I've been is being still. I feel like that's something that he's really been trying to tell me. Uh, is to you know be still and know that I am God, and uh, that's an interesting you know verse for us as Christians to think about, especially as Americans, uh, where we are told you know we got to go grab life by the horns, and I absolutely one hundred percent believe you know we've got to go out there and, and do everything with excellence and mm -hmm. do everything for the for the glory of god and and that create you know that necessitates a plan and working hard and things like that but at the same time there is there is a critical place 
in our lives that is necessary for stillness and rest and just knowing that God is in control and our lives are are ultimately meaningless without him. So that's the long answer to your uh, to your question. Um, <laughs> but right now, right now, God has shown me to just be still and to enjoy every day uh, that I get. You know, I'm really thankful to to be here at Covenant. And to me, there's no other place that I'd rather be than here. There's no other place that's gonna put a, a premium on both discipleship and excellence. And so, this is where I'm at. And this is where I want to be. Coming from an athlete under you, it's so awesome to have a, a coach like you that just pours into their players and makes sure that we're always good. Even when we exchange phone conversations a couple of times throughout the summer. And I seen, I felt like every time you were on the road in like Texas and all over the country, I'm like, does this guy ever sleep? He's always going and going. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for all the work that you do at Covenant. And I know it does not go unnoticed. You are such a, a vital part to what the baseball team is and what all of Covenant College is. You, you really epitomize what Covenant College should be, especially in athletics. Thank you, Ken. That, that's very nice of you to say, man. <laughs> I definitely don't sleep enough, so that's, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm sure it's hard, especially with two kids. But coach, thank you so much for coming on. It was it was such an honor having you on and just talking about coaching and everything that we talked about. I look forward to to talking with you soon and obviously growing and learning from you more. Absolutely, Ken. I'm excited to get back out on the field with you too, man, and I can't wait to see what God has in store for you and for Lulu. Uh, this baseball team, you know, I'm, I'm really blessed to get to coach you and, and to coach other guys like you here at Covenant, and and really honored to be on this podcast. So, thank you. Thanks, Coach. <laughs>